Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Podcast Playground. Hooray! This is the Darren Harris Podcast. Here's your host, Darren Harris. On September 13th, 1996, the hip-hop world lost one of the greatest talents to ever bless the mic. Tupac was killed in Las Vegas, and now, more than 20 years later, police have made an arrest in connection with his murder. That's what I'm talking about today on the Darren Harris Program. Welcome, folks. Hey, what's going on with you? What's going on with you? Hopefully everything... Was good. Hopefully you had a good week. My week, eh, had a pretty bad week. I had a pretty bad week. I lost a very close friend of mine. And that really hurt. It hurt because I had just called this person and I had talked to him maybe three weeks ago. And he seemed fine. And I got a call from some friends yesterday that informed me that he had passed away. So I just want to dedicate this show to my man, Deja Reigns. You know, I know heaven is bumping house music for you, brother. You are missed. You are loved. And you will be remembered. So today, like I said... I'm talking about Tupac. But before I start talking about Tupac, <laughs> how's your mental health today, folks? How is it? Ask yourself. You know, check the pulse. You know, see where you are mentally. Are things stressing you out? Is the job getting to you? Home life? Are any of these things getting to you? Well, do yourself this favor. Take some time out for you. Now, I know that seems easy to say, but trust me, it's one of the best things you can do. I take time for myself every single day. There will never be, ever be another job that will, that will make me neglect myself or my mental well-being, and that is the facts, Jack. I'm not even kidding. So do yourself that favor, man. Take care of yourself mentally because it matters. So, all right. Like I said, back in 1996, I mean, we, I mean, a lot of us weren't there. And but I, I, I know a lot of us know about it. We all know Tupac was killed in Las Vegas. And they found a guy. Now, 
we're going to go through some things. We're going to go through some things today. We're going to go through some of the events that led up to the the his murder. We're going to try and cover some of the motives and if there's been any other connections that have been made. But I just want to say I'm glad I'm I'm glad that finally there has been some actual justice, some actual justice involving Tupac's murder, man, because he was he was although he was who he was, he was not afraid to speak up for black people. And I don't know, I got I admire that. I, I admire that. I admired Tupac for that. I admired his backbone. And I admired his activism because it went it went deeper than hip hop. He really did. He was a champion. He, he he was champion for black people, even though he rapped about murdering people. <laughs> he really was, though. He really was a champion for black people. He had a lot of poignant words, had a lot of words that have helped people get through some hard times. People still singing Tupac songs today. People still playing Tupac songs in the club. Pac was that dude. He really was. He really was that dude. So, the East Coast and West Coast rap war. Let's talk about that for a minute. So, Tupac's murder, it was like right like at the time, like the tension where Biggie was like, I mean, they was like, I mean, they were shooting shots at each other, like lyrically, I mean, for a minute. I mean, and it made really honestly, it did. It made for some, it made for some good music. It was like, oh, wow, ba 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 ba. It was, you know, the, the songs were good, but it just, it, it, it really did turn extremely violent. And, I don't know if anybody remembers, but in MWA went to New York one time and I believe something happened and, and there was an altercation where they were in a fight there. And and NWA made a song called I mean, a, an album called Niggas for Life. And they had a song on that album about Ice Cube called Benedict Arnold. And it was basically how Ice Cube abandoned the group to go over to the East Coast and start fucking with Chuck D and Public Enemy and all the dudes on the East Coast. And Cube was like, look, I'm, I'm just trying to expand my horizons, but it really got really personal. They took it real personal. And it kept escalating and escalating. And, and it, it just got to the point where it became, like, really toxic. So they shooting shots at each other, you know, you know, Pac, you know, crushed Biggie wife, you know, and just was, you know, it just got real, real toxic, man. And it, and it just exploded into like, like violence and just threats. I remember seeing an episode. It was, I forgot what program it was on, but it was Snoop. And it was Snoop on, 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 a, he was in New York and it was performing someplace. And I realized that, or everybody noticed that, or I guess he noticed that everybody was kind of like calling him corny and booing. And this was in New York. There was a New York performing. And Snoop was like, hold up, hold up. 
Y'all ain't got no love for the West Coast over here on the East Coast? And he it was he stopped the stop what he was doing. He straight up was like, Y'all ain't got no love for the West Coast over here on the East Coast? Well then fuck y'all then. And that's really kind of where, as far as I can remember, where a lot of this negativity with the East Coast and West Coast raps began. And I got to say, man, I'm glad that we are all through it and everybody is on some collabo shit now. We, you know, we got producers, you know, crossing up, you know, into, you know, between different coasts and, you know, different regions of the country. Everybody collabing together. And that's what we needed in the first place. We never needed this rap war to begin with because it, it sidelined us for so many years. It really kind of it really sidelined it sidelined the progression of of black people and black music believe it or not because of this it took up so much time and the same thing with biggie's murder the same thing with biggie's murder it took up so much it has taken up so much time and and so much why where you know same thing with jam master j who killed jam master j and that's the thing there's so there there's no other genre of music that has sustained this that has sustained maybe maybe john lennon maybe a few but not at this rate not for the reasons that these these people are killed i mean tupac was killed because he was he was an affiliate of of a a different gang it was a gang and it was the west coast crips or the south side crips that had beef with the gang that he was in. So I don't know if anybody remembers, but there was a videotape where there was a, a, a altercation in a hotel lobby and Suge was there and it was kicking somebody. Well, one of them dudes, I believe one of them dudes was the dude. His name was, uh, I believe is, I'll get his last name for you, but his name, his name was Orlando. And that dude had been identified as the dude who actually fired the shots that killed him, that the the fatal shots that killed Tupac, that dude Orlando, I gotta I gotta get this dude's name, but he he fired he fired the shots. But there were other people in the car, there were other people. Now, that dude Orlando, he ain't with us no more. That dude got smoked, and a lot of people. Seem to think that dude, he got, he, like, they roasted him because he killed Tupac. You know, he shot Tupac. So, like I said, they just, they just made, they just, they just made an arrest. <laughs> and like I said, it's like, oh, it's like over 20 years later, they, they made an arrest in connection and, the dude's name is Keefe D. What? <laughs> Keefe D. What? <laughs> yes, Dwayne Keefe D. On September 29th, 2023, a grand jury indicted Dwayne Keefe D. On charges of the murder of murder with a deadly weapon in connection with the 1996 killing of rapper Tupac Shakur. Davis, a leader of the Southside Compton Crips gang, was believed to have orchestrated a plan to commit the crime with several other individuals. He is the last known survivor of the people thought to be in the car 
that attacked Tupac. So they got that motherfucker. And you'll never guess how they got his ass. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Because this guy's a complete dumbass. Because he was writing a memoirs for some reason about being this crip dude. And he made mention of him in in his memoirs. And I guess... They went through, they were going through his computer. They got a search warrant, went through his computer, found this inf information, and made the arrest. So, the guy's bad, by the way, was Orlando Anderson, a member of the Southside Compton Crips. That's what happened. So, it was. What happened was near an elevator bank in MGM Grand in Las Vegas, that's where they was. There was a fight. There was a fight. And Suge Knight, you see it on the video, Suge on some going to town on this motherfucker. And I guess that was that was retaliatory. And it took a long time. It took a long time. I think it's a long time for anything to to be found and that was because a lot of people especially in the gang culture a lot of people was like yo we're gonna take care of this shit ourselves don't say shit you don't talk to the fucking cops we don't say shit and i think that i think them days is played the fuck out me personally if i see a motherfucker shoot a motherfucker i'm telling on him period point blank i'm telling on you i don't give a fuck what you shoot him for i'm gonna tell on you Especially if it's bad, but if it, even if it's good, if you had to shoot dude, I'm gonna explain on your behalf. He had to do it because this dude was. But if you just out here on some like, you know what I'm saying? And even still, even still, if you are someplace like the MGM Grand and you happen to get your ass stomped the fuck out at the elevator bank, you just take that ass whooping, homie. Just live another day. You know, live another day. You take that ass with me. You got your ass beat by Suge Knight or whatever. I mean, I don't know, but bruh. I mean, now, well, he's not here anymore. That dude, Orlando, he's not here no more. You know, but shit. I don't know. 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 So. Tupac's murder and Biggie's murder as well. And some of the other murders as well, Jam Master J, they have had a huge impact on on hip-hop, hip-hop culture. Not just hip-hop and hip-hop, like black, black culture as well. But it's had a huge impact on this culture. And I am, like I said, I am finally, I am finally, finally glad to see that there was some justice, some actual justice, some actual closure. So right now I'm going to dive a little bit more into, into this feud, this, this rap feud, because that's, they said, listen, there's a whole bunch of shit. They say that Biggie had the, that, that Biggie was the one who had the hit put out. I don't know how much, how, how true that is, but they say that between Biggie and, and, and Puffy, that was, they had the hit put out on Tupac. Or I don't, I don't mean, I'm not sure how true this is, but I have heard some things and you know, there was, there was a rivalry, man. It was between bad boy and death row for anybody who wasn't, who wasn't there or wasn't, 
wasn't born yet. It was between Bad Boy and Death Row. And both at the time, I mean, I was a DJ at the time. They was banging. It was, yo, the music during that time, can I just tell you, was so good, man. And I just wish that they could have come together. They could have, that they just could have come together because at the beginning, Big and Pac were actually friends. They were actually friends. They were actually friends. They hung out. They, they was homies. They was, they was, they were peers, you know, but something happened, some bad blood ensued and, you know, peace. So they had a feud and it went beyond their music. It went into their, their personal lives. Like I said before, Pac ended up smashing faith and, you know, they're making tracks about it and shit and just trying to rub shit in people's face. And, you know, and Big, you know, Big came out with his shit too. Who shot you? And that was my jam. You know, but, yo. There were other factors, though. There were other factors that I believe played into this, this whole, this, this whole animosity between the two. The media, the media, the media. Can I say it again? The fucking media, I believe, played a really significant role. And this is the reason why is because anytime that there was any kind of, you know, like there have been battles before, right? There was battles like before KRS-One and MC Shan, if you want to take it back that far. You know, you know, Rakim never really battled Big Daddy Kane, but to everybody else, there was there was this inside your head battle of who was better. You know, there have been battles. You know, people have been battled. Jay-Z and Nas or Jay-Z and DMX even. There have been battles, and this was another battle, but none of those battles were really sensationalized like this one. You know, it was really the East Coast versus the West Coast, and they really, on both coasts, they made it seem like each coast was was evil, like the evil, you know, and, and it just really... It's, it's just, and then other people got involved. There was, you know, there was other people on the tracks and Junior Mafia and, you know, the, the, the other the other people on the Death Row label. All kind of people just, you know, being just taking shots at each other for nothing just because Pac and Big had problems. And it just created this whole thing, you know, and the diss tracks and so on and so forth. And there was like this. There was this perceived disrespect, right? Like there's like, like this perceived like where it was like, you know, like people thought that these lyrics, everybody took and took their lyrics and just kind of, oh man, you gonna let me get it with that? Wait with that? Oh man, wait, wait, wait. maybe it was just some. Nah, man, he 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 shooting shots directly at you, man. And you know, in the world of hip hop, if you know, you you know, definitely gotta gotta come back at that shit. So. That's what it was. So another reason is, like I said, regional pride. People take pride. And that's why the other rappers and other people got involved. All these other people got involved on both coasts, all these other people. And all of a sudden, it's this big, huge tension in music. They put out some great music, but it was a lot of tension. There was a lot of violence. It went beyond just Tupac and Biggie. There was a lot of violence anyway. There was a lot of just just wiling out at the clubs anyway. I mean, in the, even in the private sector, even with these, the music just... Psh. And I'm glad to see that, you know, it's kind of getting... 
kind of getting a hold on to it, but we still got, you know, still got shit happening. We got Triple X killed. You know what I'm saying? Nipsey Hussle. Why people be killing rap stars? Rap stars be killing rap stars. More importantly, I mean, I can kind of get it to a degree, but my man, why are you in the hood? In that level, people stay in the hood doing the same thing. I remember I'm hearing stories about rap artists who have made it, have made it, and still in the hood selling drugs. For what, man? For what? Why are you still in that life, bro? You know you got haters, haters everywhere. And the first chance they get to smoke you, they're going to smoke you. They're going to snuff you the fuck out. But it was different in the case of, of, of Big and Pac, really, because it, you know, as much as people speculate and say that it was Puffy and Biggie who want to, you know, they, they speculate and say they were the ones who took out the contract on Pac. I don't really believe that to be true. I believe that it was really mainly gang affiliate, gang affiliation. I mean, in the altercation that had happened in, in Las Vegas. I mean, I really do. That's what I believe. I believe that. There's nobody who could tell me that. I don't think they really had anything to do. I think they was just really busy trying to make some money, man. I really think that both sides were in their heyday on the respective side. I mean, because like I said, they was both putting out solid ass bangers, you know, and it just got too personal. We got to take the, Got to take the personal out of hip-hop. You know, that's one thing that I have noticed. There's battle rap. There's always battle rap. In, hip, in the world of hip-hop, and I'm a hip-hop head, don't go with me wrong, but there's always battling. We're always battling at something. Battling. We are the only genre of music that battles. <laughs> the fuck we fighting each other for, man? the fuck we fighting each other for there's so much unnecessary disrespect there really is but you know what though you know what there's one cat that i could say that i really admire because nobody really disrespects him and i really don't think he's have ever really had any beef with anybody and that's buster rhymes i think bus has has just been like that dude i mean even cool j has like had beef with 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 people man i mean but Buster Rhymes, I don't really think anybody has ever really beefed with that guy. I mean, really. I mean, really. And he's just a good dude. You know, he's just a good soul in hip hop, man. He just, he's a good soul in hip hop. And that's what hip hop needs. We need more cats like Buster Rhymes that's serious about their craft, you know, but can keep it, but can keep it gully, but can still keep it respectful at the same time keep it keep it competitive without making it offensive or hurtful and that's what we need we need to take the hurtful out of hip-hop you know we can keep the competitiveness i love love the competitiveness but i hate the hurtful i watched i watched a youtube clip or some sort of reel of a battle rap where this guy was just, it was a, a girl and she was 
a little overweight, a little overweight, and that, that's that's all I'm gonna say about her. She wasn't unattractive, but maybe she was just a little had a you know she was just a little overweight. And this guy proceeded to go in on her body, and just all called her all this body bitch da da da, and ended everything with bitch that body bitch you you know da 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 Magilla gorilla body bitch and just all kind of shit. You just and and. Where the fuck did, did you get that from? I mean, where did you, where did you think that this? At what point did you think that this was some heat? Like you were heaty hot. Oh, I'm gonna crush the game with this. No, man. All you're gonna do is make yourself look like a total and complete douchebag. Because that's what the fuck you are. That's what that shit is, man. We need to take. The hurtful out of hip hop, man. Take it out. It ain't got no business being there. It was it was put there by our frustration and oppression from a system that we had no control over. And that's fact. So now that we know, now that we have that that knowledge, why don't we push past that? Why don't we say, ha ha, you got us on that one. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. So let's get the fuck out of this. All right. And I'm glad, like I said, it feels like we're coming out on the other side of this. But it still permeates in the hood. The long lasting legacy of these altercations and beefs and just, like I said, perceived disrespect have lasting impacts in our communities. They really do. They've, they've had, you know, fathers, mothers, you know, sons taken away from us and still are in the name of this culture. We still are the only culture and always has been really the only culture. I mean, maybe a few country songs, you know, that say, Oh, I got my, my shotgun or whatever. But we're, we, I mean, we are all about the fucking ratchet, all about the fucking, the Glock, all about the burner. We are all about the murder and the advocation and the glorification of murder of our own people. We have to understand. We got to start understanding that. And then we got to take steps to stop perpetuating it. Because that's all we're doing is we are perpetuating it. Every song that comes out that is released, every song, every rap song, now check this out. Every rap song that is released, you know, they rate that shit. They rate that shit. And I've seen I've seen documentaries where they won't release certain black music because it's too positive. But they'll release the negative music. And it depends on who it's for and who it's by. And that's the thing. If it's for, you know, little black kids, then fine, sell it. But if it's for little white kids, then, you know, we don't want them. But it's not little white kids. It's little black kids that's doing this. Isn't it? So they sell that image to these little black kids of all uh, little Latin kids, little kids of color, really little black and Latin kids of, you know, all your your flash and your gold and you got to sell drugs and, you know, you got to do this to, uh, to obtain all that. They take every other option away from you via music and music video because a lot of it is visual so you got a hot song that you like what do you do you put up a video to show what you're talking about show the shit you're talking about 
And people take that image and they run with it, especially when they're young. And they're getting younger and younger. We just had an 11-year-old shoot a 14-year-old at football practice. <laughs> the other day. It's getting, it's getting out of hand, folks. But we can reel it in. But we have to be, we have to realize that we are conscious of it already. Fool us once, shame on them. Fool us twice, shame on us. So I challenge, this is, this is a challenge I'm going to issue to people. This is a challenge that I'm issuing to you. If you're having children, right, and I don't care where you are, because this applies to everybody who's having children who want to be good and active parents in their children's lives. Now, I'm not saying censure, which you're, you know, don't, you mean to, to, to a degree, but be active in their lives. Don't perpetuate this this ideology to them. Don't prepare. We, we, the only people, we bad bitches. You know, we real niggas. We the only people that's like that. We dogs. We, we the only people who put ourselves down like that. And it's the music, the music, the music. The music is the easiest and the quickest way. Why? Because it's catchy. It's got a good beat to it. How do I know? I make beats. So I've done this before to hip-hop artists in the past. Hey, y'all, let's try getting together and making more positive music. So much positive music that they have no choice but to put it out. But even let's take it a step further than that. Let's put it out ourselves. <clears throat> Let me say that again. Let's put it out ourselves. If one thing that technology has shown us, the internet has shown us, and some few in, some few in, like people who have you know great imagination and ingenuity have shown us is that you can release your own music, you can get your own royalties, and you can make a living yourself selling your own music we can do this we could do it people can reach people it's still tough it's a tough road to hoe but at least you get to put out the content that you want without having somebody govern what can and can't be released to an to a particular audience and how dare they for years and years and years not give us any opportunities in this genre any opportunities in, in, unless any real significant unless we are talking about the murdering of our people the disrespect of our people we gotta we gotta realize this we gotta realize that we've been duped okay got us man damn you got us but you can't, you're not going to get us again. Okay, we're going to stand up for that. We're going to stand up for ourselves, and then there won't be any of it. But you know what's happening? There's other rap taking over. And I'll talk about that when I come back from my break. This is Darren Harris Podcast. I'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
Chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Now, back to the Darren Harris Podcast. Hey folks, what's up? Welcome back to the program. Today I'm talking about, they found a dude who killed Tupac or was the last one of the people who involved were involved in the murder of Tupac. But I have some more on that. But for right, right before I was I went to the break, I was talking about the, the state of hip hop, where it needs to go, where we should be taking it. And where all of a sudden it's going now. So, where is it going now? There's a lot of new hip-hop. A lot of new hip-hop. And I love new hip-hop. Anything hip-hop, really. I don't care really what it is. I really don't care what it is. Uh, if it's hip-hop, I'll listen. I'll give it a listen. If you tell me it's hip-hop, I will give it a listen. And then I'll let you know if it's hip-hop or not. But... I'm starting to see there's a lot of the, again, we see it, the hijacking. Let me say this. <laughs> the hijacking of a culture. Are you following me? There is, there is an active hijacking of a particular culture. Now, over the years, there have been many white rappers, many white rappers who have stood on the side of black rappers, who have stood and embraced and understood and understood that this was a thing, that they, they, they are guests here. But now, in today's musical climate, there are more and more, increasingly more and more hip-hop stars that are like these college white guys. And that's the music like Mac Miller started like that. But then quickly, 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 Mac Miller snapped to his senses and is now, you know, well, he passed away. But but he in his in his in his latter years in his music, you know, you could tell where he had figured it out for real. He had figured out where he really needed to go with his music and where his lane was and where he fit in. And it was w within a culture that was already existing. It's not. A culture, but there is a a culture or a genre being created around these these types of rappers, and that's cool. You know, I call them I call them Barbie rappers because that's they really appeal to that that crowd because they don't appeal to the traditional crowd of hip hop. They really don't. I mean, they there's not a lot of dudes that I know that was listening to. Rakim not listen to Jack Harlow or any of these 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 you know Post Malone or they just don't listen to these cats they just don't I'm not saying that these cats are bad I'm just saying it's not in a wheelhouse to 
that's not our type of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It's not the type of hip hop that we're used to. It's it's a it's a it is a derivative of a type of hip hop, and it has created a subculture. And the same thing with lo-fi hip hop. Lo-fi hip hop is a reincarnation or a hijacking, if you will, of a particular culture. We're gonna take this element of this and we're going to mix it with our element of this and we're going to create this new this which is cool that's the basis of all music but it needs to be acknowledged i don't care about it at all i don't care that it happens at all but it needs to be acknowledged it needs to be acknowledged and that's all i'm saying about that that needs for me anyway it needs to be acknowledged where you get that from that this was not an original thought that it was not invented by this was invented by Cool Herc, <laughs> 1520 Sedgwick Ave. All right? Get that. Because there's a lot of people in hip-hop that don't even know where hip-hop started. Okay? So learn learn the history. Stop out here with the bubble gum. Put the hubba bubble away. So anyway, back on... I want to get back to Tupac, though. And some of the theories... Now, some people say, like I already said, there was a lot of theories. There was a lot of theories. They say law enforcement, law enforcement played a role in Tupac's murder. They want to say the law enforcement had an angle at, because they, he, was, he was very vocal about the corruption of the police in, in, in California. Oakland and Los Angeles, very, very critical. So, you know, I mean, he, he was very vocal about and, and named names. And one thing he was able to do, he's very charismatic, he was able to command a crowd of people. And that, when you're able to do that, especially at a level, I mean, if you could do that at a concert, cool, but if you can do that as an activist, and especially as an activist for your people, now you're raising some eyebrows. Now you're raising some real eyebrows. Not just hip-hop eyebrows, if you get my meaning. So they say law enforcement was involved. Of course, we, you know, personal conflict. You know, they say, they're also saying, or have said, not saying, have said, that this had a lot to do with, with the inner circle that there was some jealousy and some rivalry and financial disparity, you know, just, just shit not adding up and <laughs> altercations within the group and within the, within the, within the organization. And that led to his murder. I've heard Suge Knight put the hit out on him. I've heard, uh, uh, all kind. I've heard he faked his death even. <laughs> Already faked his death. Uh, the contract killing. I mean, somebody, a biggie. And like I said, Big and Buffy. But it was an unsolved mystery. It was an unsolved mystery. Until the 23rd. When they caught Keefy D. Who the fuck is Keefy D? You're the guy who arranged the murder of one of the greatest hip-hop artists 
and activist for black people of all time. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. That's what you and your four other, or your three other accomplices or however many other people were in the car with you. That's what y'all did, man. Y'all set us back. Appreciate you. And the same thing goes for the people that killed Biggie. And these murders go unsolved, even Jamat. These murders go unsolved because, for such a long time, because people don't want to get involved. Because people don't want to be hurt. They just don't want to be hurt. They don't want their families hurt. They don't want to stop their livelihood. It's easier for them to turn the other cheek than to put their you know, lives at risk. But these people aren't that powerful. They like to think that they are. Their money likes to tell them that they are. But I think that concerned people and people who love their community, people who love their people, are stronger. And it's that, it's that simple. It's that simple. And like I said, you can see positive strides. I remember... I mean, you see positive strides in hip-hop. And it makes me think about guys like Heavy D. Heavy D? Heavy D and the boys. Remember Heavy D? Heavy D. I used to love Heavy D. And the reason I loved Heavy D is because Heavy D, for one, didn't curse. Didn't curse. At all. <laughs> and was and sold hit record after hit record after hit record. And number two, Heavy D could rap his fucking ass off. He was one of the best MCs of, of all time, Heavy D. And for three, he promoted positivity. He was a positive rapper. He was positive. I liked Rakim. Rakim didn't curse either. A couple times, real mild. <laughs> But Rakim, Rakim taught us things. He taught us things in his ROMs. He taught us. He, he taught us things. He taught us spirituality. He taught us conflict. But he also taught us conflict resolution. He taught us how to relax and meditate in yourself in hip hop. That's I mean that's what he did for me. There was a lot of good hip hop out there without it having to take take that ugly nasty turn, man. Really was. Anyway, folks, Tupac's legacy in hip hop has been solidified, leaving a profound impact on the artists, fans, and the African American community. His music transcends time, resonating with the struggles, aspirations, and the complexities of life. Here's a reflection on how Tupac continues to shape and influence. Number one, social commentary and activism. Tupac's lyrics often serve as poignant commentary on social issues, including systemic racism, poverty, and inequity. His, activi his, activ his activism, both in his music 
and personal life inspired a generation to engage in conversations about social justice, echoing through subsequent waves of hip-hop artists who use their platforms to address social changes. Number two, authenticity and vulnerability. Tupac's ability to share his own vulnerabilities and personal struggles through his music created a level of authenticity that deeply resonated with listeners. This transparency influenced contemporary artists to embrace their own truths, fostering a culture of openness and connections with fans. Number three, cultural representation. As one of the most poignant African-American figures in hip-hop, Tupac became a symbol of cultural representation. His unapologetic embrace of his heritage and the issues facing the African-American community contributed to the sense of empowerment and pride for many. Me, me, well, I was one of them. Thematic diversity. Tupac's music spanned a wide range of themes from party anthems to introspective reflections showcasing the diversity and experiences within the African-American community. This thematic range paved a way for artists to explore and express complexities of their own lives. Legacy and influence on artists. Countless hip-hop artists cite Tupac as major influence his flow, lyrical prowess, and ability to convey raw emotion have left an inevitable mark on sub subsequent generations of rappers. Many artists contribute to draw inspiration from his work, incorporating elements of his style into their own. His impact on fans who find him just incredible, motivational, and his relatability in his music his fan base is diverse, transcending geographical and cultural boundaries, illustrating the universal appeal of his messages. Educational, inspiration, and inspirational content. Beyond the music, Tupac's speeches and interviews are frequently used in educational contexts. His words are quoted and analyzed in discussions about race, inequity, and activism, highlighting the enduring educational value of his contributions. Entrepreneurship. Tupac's forte into acting, poetry, and activism showcased a multifaceted talent. His entrepreneurial, ship, uh, uh, his entrepreneurial spirit and the ability to diversify his contributions set a precedent for artists to explore various creative outlets in their own music. In summary, Tupac's legacy is a tapestry woven within the threads of activism, authenticity, cultural pride, and artistic brilliance. His influence persists in not only the music industry, but also a broader conversation about social justice, making him an enduring figure whose impact continues to shape the landscape of hip-hop and inspire change. I got to answer the phone from my wife. So I'll be back in just a moment, folks. You're listening to the Darren Harris Podcast. Hey, folks, what's up? Welcome back to the program. Had to take a short break, take a call from a wife. But I'm back, and now I'm going to discuss, hypothetically, not really discuss, I had compi uh, compiled a list of hypothetical situations if Biggie and Tupac were never murdered. Where would the hip-hop community and not only the hip-hop community, where would the black community be if they had never been murdered? 
So number one is collaborations and unity. The tragic East Coast-West Coast feud was a defining narrative of the mid-90s hip-hop scene. If Tupac and Biggie had not been murdered, their potential reconciliation could have inspired a new era of collaboration and unity. Their continued presence might have encouraged artists from both coasts to work together, breaking down geographical barriers that once divided the community. Now, that's happening now. And that's you're starting to see that a lot. You're starting to see artists, like I said earlier in the podcast, you're starting to see artists from <clears throat> all different places, different coasts, different countries even, working together, working with different producers, working with different rappers, uh, working with in different, within different genres. And it has created a, a different, it, 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 like a, a, it has created different music. It has created different genres. And I can't help but wonder, and many people are the same as me, can't help but wonder, if Biggie and Tupac had not been killed, what would their influence have been on today's music? And you have to, and I got to tell you, because it's still impacting music today, their legacy, and they've been dead for a long time, and their legacy is still impacting music today. I wonder if they were still alive, what the music landscape would be like now. Number two, the evolution of sound and style. Tupac and Biggie were at the forefront of shaping the sound and style of East Coast and West Coast hip-hop, respectively. If they had continued to evolve artistically, it could have been, it could have influenced subsequent trends in the genre. Their continued contributions might have set musical benchmarks and paved the way for new subgenres and styles. And that, again, that's that's it, the subgenres are coming. But I mean, they would have. I mean, if they had been here, could you imagine what in the styles that they they conceived, that they, they put forth, that they they basically blessed hip-hop with and all of us all of i mean I, like i said i'm captain hip-hop you know what i'm saying and their styles especially biggies you know their stuff for me i mean i was a i mean in the east coast west coast thing i was you know i'm, I'm from brooklyn so i'm, I'm always going to stand with big but you know I, I i have nothing but the the utmost respect for Pac. you know what i'm saying always have but their influence on style, you know, I mean, like of the style, like like fashion, the style of rap, the style of music, just their influence on the style because they shaped a lot of that stuff themselves. If the, I mean, it, it, there's 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 no telling where we would be. Mentorship and influence is number three. Both artists had the potential to serve as mentors and emer uh, mentors for emerging talents. Their guidance and influence could have nurtured a new generation of artists impacting not only their music, but also the ethos of the hip-hop community. This mentorship could have con contributed to the preservation of certain values and artistic integrity because Lord knows today that there is some hip-hop out there that needs to be burned at the stake. And I'm telling you, it's just, it's, it's just horrible. I mean, it is, it's bad hip hop. Now I, like I said in the podcast, if you tell me it's hip hop, I'll listen to anything and then I will let you know if it's hip hop. And I got to tell you a lot of the shit that's coming out today. I mean, if, if I mean, they would, I don't even think that those genres would have existed if those two dudes was around, it would have been too much. It would have been too much pressure. 
It would have been too much pressure for some of these mumble rappers to stand in front of Pac or Big and call themselves rappers. <laughs> I think it might have been a stretch. I think they might have had to create their own shit. Um, number four, impact on activism. Tupac was known for his socially conscious lyrics and activism. If he had continued to be a, vo- a, vo- a vocal act advocate for social injustice, it could have inspired and heightened a, and a heightened sense of activism within the hip hop community, but not just the hip hop community, the black community as well. That might the genre might have become even more potent force in addressing social social the societal issues i i gotta i gotta get some new glasses (laughs) number five influence on business ventures both tupac and biggie were exploring business ventures beyond music their success in areas like film fashion and entrepreneurship may have set a precedence for hip-hop artists to diversify their portfolios the hip-hop community could have seen a surge in artists engaging in various business ventures which that's happening now jay-z is 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 that dude i mean he really is jay-z owns more shit than you know and there's more people following in those footsteps but those two guys they really kind of pioneered that they really kind of you know, started setting, you know, Dr. Well, along with Dr. Dre and Puffy and a few of those other cats and even Suge started, you know, let's start making some real strides and some money in hip hop. And they did exactly that. And they pushed it so far that it's still being pushed today. It's still going today. You know what I'm saying? It's like a top that got spun and it never stops spinning. So and of course, number six, impact on hip hop culture, Tupac and Biggie's com- Continued presence could have further solidified their impact on hip-hop culture. Their legacies might have shaped the narrative around authenticity, storytelling, and cultural representation. The hip-hop community might have evolved with a stronger foundation built on the pillars that they established. And that is, that right there is big to me. And the reason why is because so... the. Hip-hop has been pulled apart so bad. It's just been used by everybody in every genre. Hey, let's throw a little bit of rap and a Britney Spears song and all kinds of... Come on, man. And they got people rapping that shouldn't be rapping. And it's it, it's just been... It's been bastardized. And a lot of the purity has been taken out of it. But I have to say, in recent years, we, you know, cats like... And I will say, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, Eminem is in that with for me as well. But Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and, you know, there's some cast that's out, you know, uh, uh, Joyner Lucas. There's some dudes out there that are really keeping that going. That that whole, even like dudes like Anderson Pack, because that, you know, he's more than just a singer and a drummer. That dude can rap his ass off. But he's a rapper, man, for real. And it's not like this this garbage out here that people are just, you know, putting together to make a couple of dollars for a few years so they could, you know, buy themselves some, you know, Gucci pocketbooks or some shit. I don't. I don't know. You know. I'm. I'm looking for. But I'm looking for real hip hop, and I always have. Number seven. Global expansion. The global reach of hip hop may have been accelerated with the sustained presence of Biggie and Tupac. Their international appeal could have opened new doors for artists from different regions, contributing to a more globalized hip hop community. Now, hip hop is global. Hip hop is is global, but. Back, it wasn't that global. It was people still really kind of overseas. There were people still kind of really learning how to do it, really, you know, learning how to 
wow, you know, kind of putting words together and really kind of finding themselves. Now, since then, there have been huge leaps and bounds in hip-hop. There's a guy that I actually really, really, really like in England. I mean, not England, in France. I can't understand a word this guy's saying, but I know, and I've, like, saw some translations. This guy's a, a serious rapper in France and has some of the greatest beats you know, that I've heard that, I mean, even in, and that's what I'm saying, even on that forefront in the, in the area of production in hip hop has grown. People are producing hip hop all over the world in Japan in Iran, you know, people are risking their lives to produce hip hop, which I think that's awesome. You know, I think that's, I think that's absolutely great. And, and I, I celebrate the globalization of hip hop and I just can't help but wonder again, if those two guys were still alive, you know, what, what, what would, what would, what would the, what would the world's, what would hip hop be on the world stage? What would it look like on the world stage? You know? And number, number eight, and lastly, is a shift in media portrayal. The two murders of Biggie and Tupac, or the one, the one murder of each of those guys, often overshadows their artistic contributions in media coverage. If they had lived, the narrative around their lives might have shifted, allowing their focus to remain on their music, impact, and positive contributions to the culture. You know, because it's been tainted. It's been tainted for so many years. Who killed Biggie? Who killed Tupac? Who killed him? Who killed him? If they had never been killed, they could have just been putting out just banger after banger. You know, we could have seen a whole new renaissance in hip hop. It could have just been so good, man. It could have been so good. Because like I said, when them two dudes was walking around putting out music, we was listening to some hits, man. We was listening to some real serious music. And, you know, yeah, we've had serious music since then, but you know, them dudes right there, I like to say that they really kind of started, they started the ball rolling for, for hip-hop for everybody. Not just hip-hop for, you know, the hood, but hip-hop for everybody from our voice, not from the voices of others. You know what I'm saying? So, shout out to law enforcement for nabbing the motherfucker who did it. You dumbass, Keefy D. For both, I mean, for both reasons. A for for writing about it, for you know, well, a for 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 being involved in it, dumbass, cocksucker, and for two, writing about it in a memoir, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> I hope you get what the fuck you deserve. Anyway, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Darren Harris podcast. I want to thank my wife. And my mother and my father for being the greatest people and and just really pushing me to be the best I can be at, at what I do in my life. I, I, I live for those people, man. My kids also. I live for those people. And I'm thankful every day that they're in my life. And I, a special shout out to my mother and a special shout out to my wife. You know, my wife for being the, the the superhero that she is. Like I said in the last podcast, we went through some serious, serious surgery, which we are on the other side of. And she is in recovery and is doing like a champion. 
And the other shout out for my mother because mother, mother, I love you so much because she has just been, again, a champion with helping take care of my wife and just been the nurturing mother that she's always been. And, you know, make no mistake about it. Me and my mother, we blow up a lot. You know, we blow up. Well, maybe, maybe not a lot, but we did. We definitely have our disagreements. We definitely have our blow ups. You know, I talk about my mother and my relationship with my mother in therapy. Most definitely, you know, I, 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 I do. But I love my mother more than more than life itself. She is my favorite girl. And sorry, babe, but that's 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 just that's just it. Um, and I wish I wish everybody a mother like that, like I have. And if you don't, I got enough mother for y'all, too. And uh, I want to shake. I want to. I want to shake. I want to thank my best friend uh, Jay for, for 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 encouraging me and putting me up to do this and and making me believe that I can do anything. And while I'm at it, I want to give a shout out to all my friends, all my close friends, all my my really close friends. My my friend Jay Yandel, my friend David Chittam, and and my friend David Young. Uh, LeVar Sprosta. I want to give to all my guys, Jose Candia. I want to, I want to give a shout out to all my guys. And I'm sorry if I, I missed in, anybody. And I want to tell you and take this opportunity to, to tell you that I, I love you guys, man, with all my heart, because you never know when, when, you know, life will take you away. You know, God rest the dead. You know, I, I think about my man Griff Gotti every day. And like I said last on Monday, a few days ago, I lost another very, very, very dear friend of mine and and Deja Reigns. And I just want to say to you, brother, that you will, you will be missed. You will be missed terribly, man. You will be remembered always. And anytime I hear any kind of soulful house music, I will make sure to jump down and cut a rug for you and with you, my man, spiritually and 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 out here for for the rest of my life, man. You you will always have my thoughts. Your family will always have my prayers, and I will love you forever, man. I'm gonna miss you, and I bid you farewell. And I want to thank my man Gentry Thomas for giving me to my platform. I really do appreciate you, man. And uh, I wish you more success than you can know. So. That's going to do it for this episode of the Darren Harris podcast and join me next week. I'm trying to get my wife on the show, but she's still, like I said, she's still recovering and and I'm just going to give her as much time as she needs. So I'm going to come up with some other topics in the meantime until she's ready. But when she's ready, I definitely want to sit down and, 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 and let her tell you her story because it is, it is miraculous. It is what she did. I mean, any woman that has, has had, that has gone through this, you have my respect and 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 I, I bow down to you. You are you are superheroes. You are superheroes. And and I will say, men, we can only wish to be to be to be as strong as a woman. I'm Darren Harris. This has been the Darren Harris podcast. Thanks. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Darren Harris Podcast. Subscribe to the show, give a good rating, and everything you need to know is at DarrenHarris.com. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.